Hi everybody, it's time to get ready for part four of Sex Me Confessions of Daddy's Little Freak Book Read. So I do want everyone to know in lieu of R. Kelly's recent interview, I did I did receive a call from Mr. R. Kelly himself and this is what he told me. What happened? Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. So there you guys heard it. That's what he called and left on my voicemail. But I was like, Robert, I know that you did it. Everybody knows that you did it. So, as a matter of fact, I'm going to finish reading the book that one of your victims stated. But here it goes. Suddenly, we heard a few of his crew at the door telling him it was time. I could tell they probably had already been sipping on something. I needed some of whatever they had. But Daddy yelled out to give him 10 minutes. From there, he cuffed my ass, picked me up, and gave me head for at least five minutes before I squirted everywhere. No matter how angry I was with him or how hurt I was by him, he knew my body and she loved him. He laid me down on the bed and sucked my nipples while undressing from the waist down and took 10 of the deepest strokes in me you could ever imagine. And with a tight grip around my throat, he told me he loved me. It was so good, I cried. He wiped my tears, kissed me, and told me we were gonna be all right. And with the blink of an eye, his pants were up and he was out the door. At this point, my mind was playing tricks on me. I paced the floor back and forth, back and forth. I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. Was I really about to leave or not? If I was, there was no time to spare. I had to do it tonight. That stunt he pulled before he left kept playing over and over again in my mind. Fuck, I needed it to stop looping. I had to get out, I told myself. I had to train myself to think about the bad, not the good, nor the sex. There weren't as many bad times, but they were severe enough to put a stop to things now. This was only gonna get worse, and just like that, I finalized my decision and packed my bags. Being back at grandma's house felt good. I was at peace, felt safe and loved. There was no arguing or backhand slaps, just me and my Nana. I'll never forget the look of horror on her face when I showed up with my bags. She cried, asking me what happened to my face, and I cried while holding my head down in shame and lying to her. I told her a crazed fan attacked me at one of daddy's shows, and I was upset with him for not having me better protected and allowing it to happen. I remember her telling me, Oh, baby, you can't be mad with him forever about this, sugar. It comes with the life. That wasn't his fault. I knew she was right, but if only she knew the half of what was really going on. I just nodded my head and told her she was right. Then I asked if I could come home anyway, and she welcomed me with open arms. As the weeks went by, I found my face fully healed and back to normal. I was back jogging every day and just overall feeling better about myself. I never realized how much I missed a home-cooked meal until I had one. With daddy, everything was takeout. However, the oddest thing happened one day when I asked my Nana to make my favorite. I don't know what it was. The food tasted great, but for some reason I couldn't hold it down. Oh shit. I wasn't sure at first of what I was feeling, but when my mouth began to fill with saliva, I knew and I ran to the bathroom. I threw up everywhere. I was so confused. I was never the vomiting type. 
After I got the bathroom all cleaned up, I excused myself and told my Nana I wasn't feeling so well. I went to my room and laid down. I couldn't stop thinking about what had just happened. Why the hell did I just throw up? Then it hit me like a lightning bolt and I sat up in bed. It had been four months since I left Rob. We never used protection and more often than not, he nothing inside me. Oh my God, I was gonna be sick. I can't be pregnant. I just can't be. I quickly jumped out the bed and went to my dresser and grabbed a text from my top drawer. Me and my girls always used to grab a bunch from the Dollar Tree store, joking about never knowing when we may need it. Fuck, why did I have to need it? Waiting these few moments for those results were the scariest minutes of my life. I still love daddy, but a baby? I wasn't ready for kids, nor did I want him to have a for sure link to me for life. I was loving my freedom, but being back home and having peace of mind. In the midst of my thoughts, I looked over and saw both those fucking lines. Fuck! I ran to my room and cried. I cried for an entire hour. Why, God? Why? You saw him beat me. You know what I just ran away from. Why you let me be pregnant? I just couldn't stop the tears. I was terrified. I'm no killer. I didn't want to abort the baby, but how could I have it? I hadn't talked to daddy since I left. When I got to my grandma's house, I powered my phone down, tucked it in my drawer, and hadn't touched it since. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to tell him. He'll make me keep it for sure, I thought. Hell, I don't even want to talk to him. And then he walked in. I am almost pissed myself when I saw him. I closed my eyes real hard and opened them to make sure I wasn't dreaming. What the fuck was he doing here after four months? I thought for sure maybe he'd forgotten about me by now. Wouldn't this have been something he did just a few days or maybe a week after I left? I mean, just what the fuck was he doing here? And then his spell started to hit me. He smelled so good. He had a fresh cut, dressed in all black, looking dapper draping his Cuban links with that cigar in his mouth. He looked at me and smirked, handed me a huge bouquet of pink roses. He said, hey baby, daddy missed you. I wiped my tears and trembled a little as I said, hey daddy. He told me not to be scared and come give him a hug. It's funny, he said that because I was terrified, but I figured I was safe at my grandma's. She loved him and thought he was a total angel. So I knew he wouldn't act up here. I got up and gave him a big hug. I know it sounds crazy, but I always melt in his arms. It felt so good laying on his chest. And then I just bawled and cried my eyes out. I know y'all are probably thinking, damn, this bitch is always crying. But y'all have no idea how much turmoil I was going through on the inside. I love this man. I mean, I really, really love this man with all of me. And now I knew I was carrying his child. But I couldn't even be happy about it because of what we were going through. I just wanted him to be right. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want his anger and misunderstandings to end in violence. I didn't want to be the main one. I didn't want to I did want to be the main one. I wanted to be his only one. I was all over the place. He had me so torn. As I cried, he just rubbed my hair and kept kissing me, saying, Baby, it's okay. Daddy's missed you too. He had no idea what I was really thinking. 
I asked him what took him so long to come and get me. He told me he called me a million times, but I never answered, and he started saying the voicemail was full. He told me he left tons of messages, and I figured this was probably true. I powered my phone off and tossed it since day one of my return home. He told me he thought I didn't love him anymore. I remember crying, telling him, I could never stop loving you, Rob. Never. Then he asked the question I had been dreading. So why did you leave me? He looked serious and pissed. He began to stutter a little and said, You really hurt me. I thought we were in this together. You promised me you you never leave, even if I fucked up, so why? I just stood there quiet. I put my head down. I didn't know what to say. In the inside, I was screaming, you're hurt? No, I'm hurt. And you promised me you never hurt me, but you did. I don't want you hitting me because you're mad. I'm not your punching bag. I'm not a punching bag. And I don't want you disappearing on me because you're mad or tripping on me because I want you to myself. But instead, all I could get out was, I don't know. He had no idea. It hurt me more to leave him than it probably hurt him finding out I was gone. This shit was a mess. I put the roses down on the table and I noticed he closed, locked my room door behind him. I knew he wanted me. He backed me into the corner and started to strip me while staring in my eyes. I told him I didn't feel comfortable with my nana in the next room. He told me she met him outside when he pulled up and said she was going to the store for a few hours. Relieved to hear, breathing hard and doped up on lust, I helped him take my clothes off. I went for his pants and he stopped me, told me he was running this show. He bent me over the bed, spread my ass sheets, and stuck his face in. He ate it so good, my pussy and my ass. He smacked my ass, kissed and sucked on my ass sheets. It didn't take me long to cream. Felt him stop and started to look behind me, but he instructed me to close my eyes and stay looking forward. I did as I was told. He told me to arch my back and put my hands behind me. I did as I was told. The next thing I knew, he cuffed and blindfolded me. He spanked me and told me I had been a bad girl. It hurt like hell, but I liked it. With every spank, I got wetter. Then he slid his dick in me nice and slow. My pussy was tight. It gripped daddy just right. He started to moan as soon as he got the head in. Kept saying how warm and tight it was. He started off slow, then sped it up. If I moved out of position, he spanked me and instructed me to arch my back deeper and deeper. My juices were everywhere. I was so turned on. I loved how he took control. I loved it when he was forceful with me in bed. He kept whispering this was daddy's pussy. As I threw it back, I moaned that it was. Mmm, that's good, baby. Daddy loves his pussy. Fuck, this pussy good, baby. Fuck, daddy about to bust in his pussy. And he nutted. Excuse me, everybody. I had a quick interlude. As I was saying, and he nutted. It was so warm. I felt it oozing down my thighs when he pulled out. I thought he was finished, but he smacked his dick on my ass, grabbed me by the cuffs, and put him back in. It was like something got 
into him and he went crazy in it. It was so good, I couldn't catch my breath. I miss daddy's dick so much. He shook uncontrollably inside me. He went so deep, it hurt a little, but I didn't stop him. I took every inch. I took every thrust. Fuck, I was so moist. I just started screaming, fuck me, daddy. And he was like, you want daddy to fuck you? I screamed, yes. It was so fucking good. I didn't want him to stop. Something about the way he grinded in it. Something about the way he smacked my ass and played with my clit while going deep. Something about his voice while he whispered dirty shit to me. If I could be a bitch at any time, it was while he fucked me. I love when he told me I was his bitch and called me daddy's little freak. I love when he said he owned me, but wait. He slowed it down and went stroke for stroke questioning me. You love daddy? Yes, I moaned. You miss daddy? Oh, yes, daddy. Who pussy this is, huh? Daddy's. Who? Daddy's, I screamed. You coming home with daddy? Yes, daddy. We gonna have this problem again? He spanked me. No, daddy. No, I can't hear you. We gonna have this problem again? He spanked me harder. No, daddy. Where you belong? Fuck, I couldn't think straight. The dick was too damn good. I said, where you belong? He yelled to me as he spanked me. Mmm, wait, daddy. Turn over and put your hands above your head, he whispered. Still cuffed, I did as I was told. He kissed me and I stuck my tongue in his mouth. Kissed him back and bit his lip a little while he removed the blindfold. He got on top of me and put his dick in my mouth. When he released, I felt his warm babies going down my throat. Ooh, she swallowed. I swallowed every drop. He ran his dick over my lips, my titties, and played in my juices as he stuck it back in. He whispered to me he couldn't get enough, and we had to leave ASAP before he really lost it and my grandma came home. He couldn't stop. He said he needed all of me, and he wanted me round for round. I remember giggling and asking him how he could leave, with, how we could leave with him still inside me. He moaned as he stroked, and then I couldn't stop my moans either. There was no stopping us. I wrapped my legs around him and threw this pussy all the way back. His moans got louder and louder. He started screaming, fuck and my name he had never done that before and then i heard my nana scream fuck uh-uh it's time for y'all to go home <laughs> i never saw him pull out so fast we jumped like two kids getting caught hunching and died laughing he yelled out sorry ma and told me to pack my bag he said just to grab anything i absolutely needed and we could buy the rest later i did as i was told we came out the room hand in hand smiling. My Nana was pleased. Who was I fooling? I was pleased too. It was like I gave him a clean slate. I had no idea of the fate that awaited me upon my return. Daddy quickly made his trope a sex scene. I don't think we got halfway down the block before he wanted head and for me to ride him. One thing's for sure, I never denied him. I suppose his molding in that area was successful. As many times as it gets hard, it was my job as his woman to handle it.
that's what daddy taught me and that's what I did. Upon our return, things were great, or so I thought, until about three hours into our evening. Everything was fine and then just like that, he snapped. He turned to me and started yelling. He grabbed me, choked me, slapped me, and beat me until I blacked out. To this day, all I remember is him calling me a stupid bitch and screaming about me leaving him. It was like a child having a violent tantrum. And I just remember crying and thinking, I thought we were good. I thought everything was fine. I woke up in shock. I don't know how long I had been out for, but it felt like it had just happened. I was in so much pain. My stomach was killing me. I went to rub it for comfort and realized I was tied to the bed. I tried everything to get loose, but the cuffs were digging in my skin. They were so tight. I was there for hours. It was the most degrading experience of my life. Here I was in all this pain, bleeding, and pretty sure I was miscarrying right in this bed. I held my bladder so long, I eventually just peed on myself. I was starving and nauseated at the same time. I was able to turn over slightly to keep from choking on my own vomit, and my mouth was so dry. He didn't leave me, even leave me water, Jesus. I just remember thinking this was it and I was going to die right there in that bed. And I almost did. Dr. Smith told me when he was called there, I had been tired for three days, was covered in blood, piss, and vomit, and unconscious. He told me they said Rob freaked out and called him from a McDonald's. Can you believe that? This nigga flipped out after finding what possibly could have been my dead body and went to grab a double cheeseburger. Dr. Smith said he knew immediately I had miscarried and Rob was of course shocked because he didn't know there was a baby. But nevertheless, Dr. Smith said he let him know I had to get to a hospital ASAP if I was going to survive. Do you know they told me he kept saying no? Afraid of what I would say when I woke up? But this was the man I love, ladies and gentlemen. This selfish fucking bastard. Thankfully, Dr. Smith already had an ambulance on the way ignore rob and rush me to the er anyway i owe him my life truly upon regaining consciousness i recall waking up to this ugly older black chick she really had a distinctive face when she began to speak her jamaican accent was strong she told me not to say a word and rob wanted to talk to me as soon as i woke up who the fuck are you she claimed to be my new caretaker hired by rob the hell she wasn't. Before I could verbalize it, Dr. Smith walked in and greeted me. He was very nice. He asked her to leave the room so he could discuss some private things with me about my condition. The bitch acted like she didn't want to move. Said Rob said she needed to know everything. He urged her several times before she got the picture. That's when he shared with me everything that happened and told me I had to get away from Rob. What if next time you aren't so lucky? I was speechless. I mean, what could I say? He was right. He told me he had two daughters my age and he'd kill a man dead for doing what daddy was doing to me. I just laid there quiet. Was the herpes not enough? You know, he knew he had that, right? Do you know how many girls I've witnessed had the exact moment with him? For God's sake, he just killed your child. I beg of you, please let me help you. 
I just laid there crying and told him I loved him. It was at that moment I realized just how fucked up I was. Just how fucked up all of this shit was. This man had in fact just beat our baby out of me. Been drugging me. Having me recruit other girls to sleep with. Allow another man to sleep with me. Had a house full of brainwashed girlfriends. And here I was refusing help because I loved him. Wow. I look back now and wonder how I got so lost. How did I ever lose myself in this man to that extent? Dr. Smith gave me his personal number. He told me to memorize it and use it. He told me he'd come get me himself. That made me feel better, at least knowing I had someone I could call. In the midst of the emotions, the hired help returned with daddy on the phone. He wanted to talk to me. I put the phone to my ear and sat there silent. He began to cry. He apologized. He said he loved me a million times and how he was going to kill himself if I would have been dead because we wouldn't have been able to live with himself. Well, he wouldn't have been able to live with himself. I killed our baby. I hate myself. Oh, God. I didn't know. I just sat there shaking my head. He was sick. He was really fucking sick or severely full of shit. Started saying he was going to make shit up to me when they let me come home. You coming home to daddy, right, baby? I should have said no. I should have went to the police right then and there. But instead, I thought about my grandmother, my cousin, and all the people he threatened to have killed if I ever left him for real. I had to be smart about things. Then I thought about Ray. Always ease yourself out of the lion's mouth. So I told him yes, but something in me died that day. I didn't feel the same. I wasn't the same. He had slowly taken bits and pieces of me, but he left me hollow this time. I could barely walk upon our return, and Rod was still nowhere to be found. We'll call this old caretaker lady stank winch. Every damn day she was there. I didn't like this bitch, man. When Dr. Smith would come check on me, it was everything. I had grown fond of him, especially since he displayed genuine concern. Everything about Stank Winch gave me chills. It was like pure evil. It felt like she walked around with a dark cloud over her. And I don't want y'all to think I was just being difficult. Trust me, I wasn't. I, it was just something that wasn't right, man. When she served me food, I refused to eat it. I kept playing Ray's voice over and over in my head. It was one thing not to trust Rob with my food, but I really didn't trust this bitch, so I only ate what Dr. Smith brought for me. A few weeks flew by, and then your favorite artist finally decided to show his fucking face. I remember being in bed and hearing his voice in the hall. He was asking how I was and where was I, because he wanted to see me. When I heard footsteps, I quickly closed my eyes and played sleep. I felt him sit down on the bed beside me and rub my face. He leaned in and kissed my forehead and said he was sorry and he loved me. His voice cracked when he said it as if he was going to cry or something. God damn, all R. Kelly do is cry. He said he never meant to hurt me and he loved me more than anything. He just couldn't understand why he was so fucked up. He said he knew I didn't love him anymore. But he never stopped loving me and he pleaded with God to make me still love him and give him another chance. I wish I could have played sleep longer, but I coughed and moved around. My eyes opened as a reflex, and there he was smiling at me. Hey, baby girl, how you feeling? I stared for a few, and then faintly responded, Hey, daddy. 
He gave me this grand speech about love and how he knows God sent him his wife and me because we had been through too much and I was still by his side through all of this. I just remember looking at him, y'all, but seeing the devil in rare form with his horns out. I laid there quietly until I eventually dozed off from my meds. I remember waking up and it was being after dark. The digital clock on the dresser read 2.38. I'll never forget it. Then, I remember trying to get out of the bed myself to go to the restroom. As I limped my way down the hall, I saw one of the doors crack. It looked like candles were lit and I heard voices. When I peeked in and I saw Daddy and Stank Winch, there were candles lit and I swear it looked like they were having a fucking seance or some shit. I heard her ask him something about my essence. He wanted to know how he could make me stay. She asked if he had been making me pee in the cup. Like she asked. I could have fucking passed out. I remember thinking, what the fuck is this? Some voodoo shit? And it was. Who knew the whole time Rob had been collecting fucking bodily fluids from me to get to this crazy ass lady? Shit felt like a crazy ass lifetime movie. Something in the room fell and I moved my ass as fast as I could to get to that bathroom. Daddy came in after me and asked if I needed help. I thought about him collecting urine and said no. Of course he helped anyway. He cleaned me up and helped me back to bed. Then, instead of leaving, he cuddled up next to me and sang to me till I fell asleep. Everything was so messed up. I could never see him the same after all of this shit. And the more I observed and found out, the harder it was for me to act normal around him. I didn't know how I was going to get out of this, but my goal was to get the fuck out. My patience had worn thin and I had no more sympathy for his tears. Time passed. I was back to 100% and we were back to having stupid ass arguments. Daddy's controlling behavior had hit next level. Now he had a strict set of rules I was to follow, which affected everything down to my body language and style of dress. He was so paranoid these days. I just didn't fucking get it. Suddenly, my clothes weren't good enough anymore. He wanted me to wear sweats and baggy clothes that hid my shape. He wanted me to wear hats and order me to look down and not make eye contact with anyone. He had cameras installed and wanted me watched at all times. Shit got real spooky. I just didn't understand why he was so fucking insecure. Nothing was worse than him cuffing me to the bed every night. His excuse is the only way he could sleep comfortably knowing I wasn't going anywhere. And this was both when he slept with me and didn't. It was pure torture, but this was my life. I dealt with it a year of his extreme restrictions before enough was just a fucking enough. Kissing him disgusts me. Sex with him disgusts me. His voice at this point, everything about him fucking disgusted me. I remember the last straw was one night we got into a huge fight because I refused to be cuffed before bed and that was it. I wasn't scared anymore. I was back to myself and I was fighting back. Daddy told Stank Winch to hold me down. I kicked him in the nuts as hard as I could and hit her over the head with a vase. I was wild. I didn't give a fuck. I was done and I was getting the fuck out of there. Dr. Smith was already waiting in the spot we discussed to come get me. And that gave me even more courage to fight back like hell. All I could think about was getting back to grandma's. When I got out that door, I ran and I never looked back. I was terrified and I couldn't stop crying. 
Normally, I would have thought to clean myself up and put on this fake smile when on my way back to grandma's, but I was prepared to tell her everything. She was the only thing I had that was genuine and real in this world. I needed to be honest with her about all that I'd been through. I knew she would never judge me nor steer me wrong. When I get to grandma's, I knocked for 20 minutes with no answer. Her car was in the driveway, so I figured maybe she was asleep or couldn't hear me. She always kept the spare key in the backyard under this flower pot, so I grabbed it and let myself in. The house was so quiet, you could hear it creak. I called for my grandma but got no response. I checked all the rooms, but she wasn't there. In the dining room, I saw a huge envelope with my name on it on the table next to a new vase. I guess my grandmother had got it. So, I figured I'd kill time until she got back by reading my mail. The contents of that envelope changed my life forever, and this still remains the worst day of my life. In my absence, my grandmother had passed. She left me the car, the house, a huge lump sum, and some very expensive items in a safety deposit box. From what I read, they tried contacting me for weeks and even spoke with my boyfriend quote unquote but never heard back from me a distant relative advised them to leave it on the table because they knew i'd eventually return can you imagine my pain my grandma the only person i had in this world the only person who loved me i didn't even get to see her and say my goodbyes and i was so caught up in this mess with rob that i never called home and now she's gone I couldn't stop the tears. I didn't give a damn about a house, a car, or any of that shit. I wanted my grandma. I was so fucking hurt. I'm still hurt. But then the hurt turns to anger every time I think about the fact that this nigga knew. He knew when she got sick. He knew when they admitted her to the hospital. He knew when she passed, when they buried her. He knew every fucking thing but told me nothing. I hated him for this. Was it not enough that you beat me and slowly turned me into this person I don't even recognize? Was it not enough that you gave me this disease that I have to live with until the day I close my eyes? Was it not enough you killed our unborn child? Was it not enough? You had to take her from me too, right? My thoughts were racing fast and I felt sick. I had to get out of there. I couldn't bear to look at myself at what I'd become. I didn't know this person, nor did I want to. I needed to stay clean and no, not from the drugs, but from him. He was the only addiction I couldn't kick and I needed to find my way back to Jesus. I was so ashamed of myself, I oftentimes didn't pray. How could I talk to God knowing the things I was doing and a part of? After five long years of the back and forth, I, find, I was finally ready to walk away for good. I didn't hope know how I would stop him from popping up to my grandma's, especially with me being alone now, or anything else for that matter. But right now, I didn't care. I was just thankful to be free and away from that place, chained like some kind of fucking animal. I took off as fast as possible and sped to the church I grew up in. I wasn't sure if my pastor would be there on a weekday, but I just needed to be in the presence of the Lord in the sanctuary. I needed to have a long talk with him, and I did. I cried harder than I ever had. I hollered, I prayed, I called out on our Father's name and begged for his mercy and forgiveness. The things I witnessed and participated in was far more than I could have ever described in this book and it was horrifying. I needed the Lord to forgive me. I needed to know I was still his child and that it wasn't too late to turn all of this around. 
I surrendered myself to God and I vowed I was never to be touched and abused or taken a legal substance again. I vowed to never go back to Rob no matter what. I took a vow of celibacy and told God whatever path he saw fit was what I wanted for my life. I knew Rob would try to come get me. I knew he would. I knew he threatened me and I knew his little gang affiliation could real life have me six feet under if he gave them the word. But I couldn't control that. All I could control was my actions and leave the rest to God. So I begged the Lord for strength to stand along in my decisions and faith even in the midst of temptation from the enemy. I had made so many mistakes but I didn't want to make any more. I walked out of that church with a renewed mind. I knew all I had in this world was myself and God, and I knew I was going to have to be even stronger than before. I didn't have my nana there to save me anymore, which made me more vulnerable, but I vowed to be strong. If I did anything, it wasn't going to fall weak and run back to him. God is the only man I need. I felt that then, and I know that now. And then those who know of us always ask, if I could do it again, would I, would you? Would you want to relive this hell? Would you want your mind fucked to this extent? I'm not normal because of the fucked up shit I've been through. I deal with guilt, pain, anger, and hatred every day. And it's mostly hatred towards myself. Because I can't understand why after all this shit's been done to me, I still love him. I can't understand why I'm so fucked up in the head that I can love someone like that. Someone who did these things to me. Someone who truly loves you wouldn't hurt you. Someone who truly loves you wouldn't isolate you. Someone who truly loves you wouldn't want to share with you, share you with anyone. You alone would be enough for someone who truly loves you, but not for him. No one will ever be enough for him and he can never truly love anyone because he doesn't love himself. And I have to cope with knowing that I love a nigga this cold, that I chased him and pursued this hell. I did it. I have to accept the fact that I allowed him to control and manipulate me. I have to take ownership for all of those fucked up decisions. Then it gets me to thinking, hey, why do we hold on to people who deep down we are unhappy with B? Why do we sacrifice happiness elsewhere to stay where we don't fit in? C, why do we allow ourselves to be belittled and mistreated? D, why do we know better but not do better? E. Why is it so hard to let go? And F. When does it end? I have to find a way to deal with the memories that won't leave my mind. Both good and bad. I have to deal with seeing shit about him and hearing shit about him everywhere I go. I live in fear of the things he'll do because he has people watching me even to this day. My house. My social, um, my social media accounts. I've been followed while driving. Boyfriends I tried to have since him have mysteriously disappeared or been beaten up and stopped dealing with me. No one understands the constant reminders I live with. So for me, it's a no. I wouldn't. For those of you who are reading this because you know exactly who this is about and want to take a full walk in my shoes with this experience, I apologize. I gave what I could and tried to be as descriptive as possible with the incidents I can remember in full detail. I didn't want to focus on dates, locations, and others involved as much as the types of things I experienced during this relationship. I wanted it to feel real to you. I wanted you to feel like you were there, but there's no way I could possibly give you the entire five years. What I have sounds like a full motion picture, even to me. So imagine the full five years. We had so many ups and downs. 
There was a lot of craziness, a lot of laughs, and even more tears. I'm not really an author, and I was never that good in English class, so also forgive me for any typos and errors. I'm sorry if I was all over the place, but that's the kind of how my feelings are. Even now, one minute I hate him, and then I may think of some of the good times and smile. It's an emotional roller coaster daily for me. It took a lot for me to put this online. I was so scared and I didn't even publish it under my name. That alone should say a lot. For those of you who may have been insulted or repulsed by the amount of graphic sexual content or constant use of profanity, I apologize. I'm an extremely blunt person. I'm still young and I'm just an around the way girl. I'm no published public figure and all I know how to do is to give you raw and uncut. For anyone I may have offended, I apologize. Okay, y'all. So, apparently, that is the end of Sex Me. That is Little Freak, um, one of R. Kelly's victims. And she's under the pseudonym, which is another name, um, That is Little Freak. So, um, in conclusion we can kind of see a lot of things she say r kelly's doing now like in his interview he's crying she talked about him crying a lot in the end he's very manipulative and controlling her parents were pretty absent in her life including her nana who kind of pushed her to r kelly which is a lot of what his victims have done nowadays they have well um their parents kind of unknowingly testified to that they kind of pimped their children out to him i'm not saying he's not guilty but the parents everybody got fought in this the parents definitely got fault in this, whoever their guardians were. But I do pray whoever this young lady is, you know, that she gets some help and, you know, she feels better. I hope you guys enjoyed me reading this book and my commentary. Um, I know there were good, bad, and even ugly parts. Um, but apparently this is her alleged life that she lived with R. Kelly. So thanks everyone for listening. Um, I love your support. I'm out.